my name is Eric, and I welcome you to our Black Gay Diaspora podcast, where we, as LGBTQ plus citizens, come together to inspire and educate each other on who we are and our respective countries and professions. Through topics and guest interviews, our Black Gay Diaspora podcast celebrates individuals making a difference. Loving who we love is not a choice. Being who we're meant to be can be. We are here. You are welcome. We are community. Here we are to begin another great episode of our Black Gay Diaspora podcast. I am joined by Janice Bailey, an American travel advisor and the owner of Soul Journey Travel, and Soul is spelled S-O-L, which, quote, offers personalized travel planning for discerning travelers. That's on Soul Journey's website. Janice offers consultations and planning for upscale leisure vacation travel. Soul Journey Travel also has a YouTube channel that highlights travel destinations in Mexico, Greece, Scotland, and other locales. There are also cruise and destination reviews. An excerpt from a review on Soul Journey Travel site says that Janice, quote, made the trip planning smooth and simple and took care of the details, communicating everything very well. I look forward to learning more about Janice, what inspires her, and how she thrives as a Black LGBTQ plus professional. Hi, Janice, and welcome. (laughs) How are you? Hi, Eric. Thank you so much for having me. It's pretty awesome. Thank you. It's always a highlight for me when people say yes. I was just mentioning before the recording, you have the sign there, which is in line with what you do for a living, explore. Yes, explore. It's my favorite thing to do travel. <laughs> oh my God. No, I won't say anymore, but I'll share about my level of travel a little bit later. <laughs> okay. We're at the end of the work week. So how's your week then? It's pretty decent. Weather has been great. So that always keeps my mood up. Today is absolutely beautiful, which I love. Feeling good. Where are you based? I'm in Baltimore, Maryland. You were in Baltimore. Okay. I am uh, visiting family. I'm leaving next week, but I've been visiting family in Bowie. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, my aunt and my stepmom and my brother and his family still live here. Oh, cool. So we could have did this in person, huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. <First one. laughs> I've been to the pier on Baltimore. I've never really properly seen the city. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. You have to come up some time. You know, be more school. Yeah. So are you a Baltimore native? Yes. Born and raised. Yep. Right here. I was on your YouTube channel earlier this week. First of all, I like the uh, clips that you did with your mom on the cruise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it looks like she was having a good time. (laughs) Oh, she had a blast. That was actually both of our first cruises. Oh, it was your first cruise. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I specialize mostly in uh, land vacations, but, you know, dabbling into the cruise world. So we had a great time and she absolutely loved it. So was that your first time traveling together? No, we actually started doing like some mom-daughter trips probably in 2020. We went to, where do we go? Charleston, uh-huh. South Carolina. Actually, you know what? That was 21. Sorry, not 2020. But yeah, we've decided that we're going to start doing this every year. And I've kind of helped my mom get her interested in travel and she's on board and loved it. The second time around, which was earlier this year, was when we did our cruise. Now, where did the cruise go? So we left out of Miami. We went to the Bahamas. That's it. It was just a four-night one. It was a short one. 
It looked really appealing to me. I've never done a cruise. I'd never, honestly, when I would hear people talk about them, I didn't really get it. But the footage that you had on there, first of all, it looks huge and really, really nice and elegant. It's a newer cruise line, Virgin Voyages. So they have the adults only concept, which is really what made me interested because I've never been interested in cruising either, to be honest. I like to go to a destination, get involved in the you know culture and the towns also because it's been too many people i don't like crowds <laughs> like that <laughs> so i'm like cruising no stuck with the shit with folks i was like let me give this a go because this one seems a little different and interesting so it really was we had a great time i'm actually doing it again next year and probably later this year they say that to travel with someone is to find out if you can really get along. And obviously, mother-daughter, I was like, it was a huge success all the way around. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was good. So you said this is your first time doing a cruise yourself. So is this part of you expanding your line with Soul Journey Travel? Yes. I'll probably stick with this particular cruise line for probably about a year or so to get more comfortable with it and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I'll consider expanding out. I'm all about different experiences. I mean, cruising can be kind of like a mass level type thing, but I think this type of ship is often a bit of a different experience. I guess kind of what drew me to it. I was like, all right, let me try it. You know, I got a little YouTube channel, but I'm trying to grow it up. I'm getting better with my camera and video skills, I guess. So You shot all that. <laughs> Yeah. That looks really nice. I can hear the uh, accent. My sister lost from this region, so I can hear that accent a little bit. (laughs) Really? You think I got an accent? (laughs) Well, to my ear, it sounds a little bit Southern. (laughs) Well, I have heard that before. And I probably get that from my mom. My family is actually from South Carolina. Mm. So maybe some of that came up here, I guess. Just hearing your voice, I was like, okay, so that's confirmation there's a unique accent in Maryland or Baltimore well you know Baltimore definitely well Baltimore there you go right there yeah, I heard that yes <laughs> yeah it's funny you say that because I was talking to an acquaintance the other day and I said oh, I'm in Maryland he said it like you and I said no I haven't been to Baltimore and he goes I can tell by the way you pronounce it you haven't been there all <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yeah we're a cool city People always seem to think the worst, but, you know, there's some good stuff out here, too. Well, one thing I've learned moving to L.A. years ago was that the news or the media only shows a small snippet of a city and of a population. Right. We have a Swedish connection. I read your December 2021 blog post about visiting Stockholm. Oh, cool. I'm actually returning back there at the end of this month because I first visited there in 2015 and had been going back and forth. And two and a half years ago, I left my life in LA and spent most of the last two years in Sweden. So when I saw that, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is awesome. Because I read your article. Ah, okay. And I thought you were living there. I was like, that is really cool. Because I went... Just last year in what? End of November. Oh, end of November. So I was still there. Yeah. You were? Oh, wow. I loved it. I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm ready to go back too. (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it was great. 
I have to play this clip for my family and friends because I don't think they get it still like Sweden. <laughs> I'm actually invited out there, which is pretty awesome. So I've been to Iceland before, right? Two different destinations. Mm -hmm. Just to kind of go outside of the box, if you will, you know, especially being a black traveler, queer traveler. I really enjoyed Iceland. I think I went to some coffee house or something, but it was like turned into a, almost a club or a lounge or something. It was like almost like hip hop culture or R&B. And it was just, everybody just having an amazing time. And then, you know, when I had the opportunity to go to Stockholm, I was like, okay, this will be different. Cause number one, it was cold. So colder than Baltimore. It was a bit colder, but it wasn't anything like, you know, oh my gosh, like I, I don't want to be here, you know. But maybe like a couple nights, it got like really cold. Have you been to, I think it's called Millis Garden. It's like a museum, but also has like a big garden, different sculptures in it. When I was there, Eric, it was like such peace for me. I stayed out there and it was cold, but it was this one part, it has this beautiful view of, I guess the city on the backside is like the water. And I think it's maybe, you know, like a cruise port or something like that. They had this one sculpture. It was called The Hand of God. I took a picture of it. It was amazing. <laughs> like, I didn't want to leave. But yeah, Stockholm was like super cool. Met some great people out there. We went to a gay club. And what I've learned is that there's a very small Black community in Stockholm. Yeah, very small. Yeah. You know, when you see... Somebody like you, like, you know, hey. <laughs> so we looking at each other. But then he eventually came over. He just took my hand like, oh my gosh, do you live here? He definitely looked like somebody that was a big part of the community. Like he was definitely trying to pull me in. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I don't live here. But if I did. <laughs> but I just thought that was so cool. I went to another museum out there and they had an exhibit. I not remember the name of it, but it was really good and highlighted. Black women, art. Mm. So I'm guessing that's a place, a location you'll steer some of your future clients to. I would love to. Yes, I would love to. Indeed. I want to experience in the summer, though. I heard it's very nice in the summer, too. It's very nice. It's mild during the day and a little chilly at night. Okay. And it you. stays daylight very late, like 10 p.m. or later. I would love that. Now, the thing is, when we were there in the winter, it was literally like three hours of daylight. Yeah. <laughs> it was like 12 o'clock and it was dark. We were like, oh my gosh. But, you know, it was still a great time. My apologies that I forgot that you had mentioned that when you commented. I was just geeked out by it. Like I said, here, they kind of look at me like, why would you want to go somewhere where there's no Black people? And I'm like, there's Black people everywhere, first of all. Right. <laughs> there is. <laughs> I also saw something that you posted about Tulum. Is that a travel destination for some of your clients in Mexico? Yeah, that's a very popular spot. And I try to encourage people to really kind of get into a destination, not necessarily where everybody else is going. To be honest, Tulum is extremely expensive. Yeah, it's all beautiful and great for the gram. Mm -hmm. But what else are you going there for? Are you going there to really get into the culture? Some places you have to be a certain type of traveler. You know, some people want TVs and all this, and they have a lot of places that don't. It's really about educating people. That's where it comes in. We're like, okay, well, what are you really looking for? What are you really looking to do? I see. Why are you choosing this destination? From my perspective, when someone comes to me, it's about really understanding why. 
they want to go to a particular destination and what they're looking to get out of their travel, not just pretty Instagram photos. Well, can you share with us about Soul Journey Travel? When did you launch the agency? So I started in 2017. And that came about because I had lost my job. I think I was unemployed for a good maybe six months. I always was interested in entrepreneurship. It's kind of been a goal of mine anyway for many years. I just didn't know what it might look like. And after traveling a bit, I was like, well, maybe I could get into the travel industry. A lot of people think that travel agents are dead or why do we need travel agents, travel advisors? You know, after really getting into the industry, I really have a respect for just what we do in the industry as a whole. The thing is you have to learn about running a business as well. Anyone can say they're a travel advisor, travel agent, but they don't necessarily have done the training or they haven't necessarily done the research to be really qualified to sell travel. So mm. I am 100% legit. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I've done training. I continually train. This is my fifth year now and I'm still learning every single day. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. You said this was your first entry into uh, the travel industry. What were you doing before this? I was doing a lot of human resources work, okay. mostly recruiting in the security field. So I recruited security officers, different contracts and things like that. Very routine, I'll say. But (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I did meet quite a few interesting people. That was, I guess, the the cool part of the job because you meet so many different people. You talk about some people say our travel advisors need it today because I know a lot of us go online to book flights, travel in general. But in hearing you talk about it, I'll say specifically being Black and being, you know, gay, it seems ideal to talk to somebody who has the experience, who has the professionalism to help me plan a trip, because those are two things that are at the forefront of my mind when I travel. Yeah, I may be able to go there, but should I go there? Or is it ideal for me? Exactly. Especially when it comes to like LGBTQ travel, Mm. there's so many countries in this world right now that still have laws on the books against homosexuality. First of all, it's about education. I have the experience. I travel. I haven't been everywhere, of course, but I have connections that can educate me about a certain destination or vice versa and things like that. You know, going back to LGBTQ travel, there's plenty of places right here in America that aren't necessarily safe, right? Right. I like to use it as, what are you comfortable with? I'll say it like that. Now, what do you mean by that? So like for me personally, say if I want to go to Jamaica for a long time has been widely known. It's not necessarily a a welcoming place, right? For LGBTQ. There's slight strides, still lots of challenges and things like that. Now, I wouldn't deter someone from going there. I would educate them on what maybe they shouldn't be. Not to say shouldn't be, but like, it's kind of hard to explain. Yeah, I think I know know what you mean. (laughs) For me, like I've been to Jamaica, but I know if I'm with someone, I'm not going to be all over my partner. I mean, I don't do that in general. I think it's just all about just being aware. If you're in a different environment and you're not at home, 
use that same level of awareness even when you're traveling. Pay attention to your surroundings. It's about your comfort level as a traveler. We're focused on LGBTQ, but I'll say being Black. In some ways, I feel safer traveling across another country much more than I do here in my home country. I feel the exact same way, Eric. I feel like here we probably have so many great places that we could explore, even right here in America. I know, you know, I could most likely expect. I don't want to deal with that. Is your agency focused solely on the LGBTQ community or is it anyone who needs your services? That is my core audience, if you will. I mean, I have plenty of straight folks that I work with too. I get a lot of honeymoon requests, which I love to do. My thing is I'm not hiding who I am. So as long as you are comfortable with that, then we're good to go. With us talking about traveling in the States, do you book travel domestically in the U.S.? Yeah, but I only do select destinations because my focus is international travel. Mm -hmm. But I'll do like Vegas. I'll do New Orleans, Miami, uh, Charleston, because they just have so much to do in those destinations, I feel like. And that's not to say nowhere else doesn't. I've been back in the U.S. since December. As I mentioned earlier, going back to Sweden at the end of this month, but this is the first time I've traveled across like this. You know, I stopped off with some friends in Texas. I'd never been there. I was in Atlanta. First time there because a friend who I used to work with in L.A. moved back there and then being here in Maryland, okay. which I kind of know just basically where the family is. But okay, yeah, that question of booking travel domestically. Just going back to... I mean, really being a, a Black traveler, am I really going to be welcome? Because there's so many things I see I want to do, but I'm like, is it really going to be for me? Am I going to be looked at awkwardly? It's like, you know what you can potentially expect. Yeah. I see things like in like Utah, and, you know, waterfalls and all kinds of stuff and sand dunes. And it's like, yeah, I want to do that, but. Do that spot check when you're around like. Right. There's one, there's one. Right. I would love to take a road trip through the country. I have to be mindful of if I travel through this area, I really have to be thinking about it. And that's sad. Our home country. Right. For me, as an American, as a Black American, most of us have history here for generations, how we still can't feel like this is our country. Exactly. But I like what you said earlier. You don't deter Last thing on domestic travel, I have a friend from high school who's not Black, and his partner was from Michigan, and we did a road trip up there, and it was beautiful. But to your point, we stop in a couple of small towns. You can feel a vibe. Uh, my friend mm-hmm. was more self-aware. Like at one place, we went into this diner, and it was like a movie. The door closed, and it got deathly quiet. See? <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. And, and the thing is, You know, I just don't know that I want to put myself through that. As much as I want to explore parts of this country, Mm. it's just terrible. The things that we're still experiencing and going through. Maybe that's why I'm more drawn to international travel. That's not to say I haven't had experiences abroad. It's everywhere. Yeah, it is everywhere. Even going to Stockholm, to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't feel awkward in Stockholm, if that makes any sense. The longest I've been there at one time was nine months. 
the reputation they have as being kind of aloof and standoffish if you don't know them, but that's anywhere in a major city. Yeah. So that didn't feel foreign to me. And as a Black person, I come from Arizona where the population is different than it is here in, in Maryland. Mm. But no, there are moments when I had to sit with myself and I was this cultural or was this racial? <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I think what I loved about it was that even though there is a different language, most everybody can speak English too. Bilingual. Yeah, they yeah, start early. I thought that was awesome. And they sound like us. Yeah. yeah. That surprised me the first time I went there, that they sounded American. You talk about, you know, visiting there and then you're taking the cruise with your mom. Is this kind of like a perk of being a travel advisor? Is that before you can recommend it to a client that you say, oh, I need to go test it out and see if it is okay to visit there? I mean, it is a perk. Here's the the flip side, because if I want to just take like a regular vacation now, it's like not possible because it's like I'm always working. (laughs) So even if I do just go, the cruise, for example, I'm creating content, right? Like before, when I wasn't, it was just you go and, you know, chill. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, well, I need some content. You don't want to do a video. Mm, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I still allow for, of course, my own, you know, personal fun and whatever. But ultimately, I am always working. <laughs> so my little mind, the humor, you're going incognito, but you're still like, asking the waiter all these questions like so tell me more and he's like exactly. this woman asking me all these questions <laughs> right exactly or oftentimes i'll have to do what is called like a site inspection oftentimes it does come with free time but again you have to dedicate like a day or a couple of days to really learn about a property or in meeting with the managers and things like that so but that's cool too i mean they make it pretty decent we know that you have soul journey travel, but when did your own interest in travel begin? My first international travel experience was in maybe 2004 or five. And it was just to like Jamaica or something. But we like stayed on a resort. I got to see some water and I love the beach. I'm an ocean person, beach and ocean girl. And I think I went a couple places after that, more domestic, like Houston and Florida and places like that. Oh, I had been to Germany too, which was freaking awesome. I think where I really fell in love with travel, my first visit to the British Virgin Islands. Okay. It was like life-changing for me. Being there with the people, just really involved. And I had a friend at the time who was from there, which is pretty much how we ended up going. You know, we ate good food, her mom cooked, oxtails. But the water, we went to a couple islands, Virgin Gorda. I think it's still probably my favorite island to this day. Tortola was awesome. They have the bass. They have like these rock formations with some caves. You know, you come out on this other side. I had never seen anything like it in my life. Mm. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? This is it, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, yeah. I mean, it was fantastic. Richard Branson actually uh, owns one of those islands out there too. I had a guy who was like, yeah, I can take you over there. I'm like, we ain't getting on Richard Branson's island, okay? So <laughs> just pop <laughs> up on the beach. Hey, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the whole experience, we went for a carnival too. That was my first carnival experience. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, I had the time of my life. Hmm. This is what traveling is. Really getting into a place, experiencing it, hanging with the locals. Yeah. It was an experience. And that's when I try to promote to people. 
I love a good all-inclusive myself, but there's more to traveling than that. You want it to be an experience. Yeah, it's not just a vacation, but maybe getting to know new culture. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, all that. Food, everything. I love to eat. I'm always looking for excellent food. <laughs> to me, that's a part of the travel experience. Okay, food. Okay. Well, speaking of food and you being a Baltimore native, what makes Baltimore unique or Maryland unique? Well, you know the crabs. Okay. The I've crabs that, up yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. So, but... <laughs> I may be an oddball because I don't like to sit and pick crabs. (laughs) I hate it. Now I love some crab legs, but sitting down and eating crabs. No, I'm good. That's our signature crabs, crab cakes. Oh, you got to try crab cake now, Eric, before you eat. You had to come up here. Okay. (laughs) Get your crab cake. Well, actually, I don't need meat. Oh, you don't? Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. Well. I know. Everybody says my condolences. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I will say it doesn't get in the way of visiting places. I know I may miss out a little bit because I'm not really experiencing certain parts of cuisine because I don't eat meat. I will acknowledge that. Yeah. So are you a vegan or vegetarian? Vegan. <laughs> vegan. Okay. So what was it like growing up in Baltimore? Who were you growing up in Baltimore? That's a deep question, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Get my uh, Oprah hat on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be honest, I really was quiet and shy most of my childhood. I mean, I'm still kind of that way until I get to know you a bit. You know, I played in the street as a kid. I'm still an introvert. I think I've told you that before. So yeah. Yeah, I picked up on that <laughs> and I can relate. I uh, actually okay. got into podcasting, co-hosting one with a friend of mine who came up with a concept uh, called Wallflowers in Bloom. A lot of people think we sit in a corner and do nothing, but you know, we're much more active than people realize. Oh yeah. A lot of the creatives, people who are well-known are introverts. And it makes sense to me because I think we're such curious people and we're always looking and watching that it makes sense that a lot of our performers, actors, and singers would be introverts. What's the name of the podcast name? Wallflowers in Bloom. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. My friend uh, Jenny, she came up with the idea. I'll get back to Baltimore. How is the scene for the Black LGBT or Black lesbian community? From my understanding, it's non-existent right now. To be honest, yes, they shut a lot of our bars and clubs down that we had here. And I mean, like long term staples Mm. have shut down over the last few years. I mean, it's been some years since I would hit a lot of the clubs. You know, I guess if you want to go out here, your best bet is going to be to hit D.C. I see. They just shut so many things down out here. My brother and sister-in-law took me into D.C. a few weeks ago. And really funky little neighborhood, but they were explaining to me that not too long ago, this was an area that was mostly Black, but that uh, familiar term gentrification, which on the surface seems okay, but it seems to always displace a lot of people that were in that community. Oh, yeah. Where are you? Where are you in? Was it like DuPont Circle? No, it wasn't DuPont Circle. Oh, okay. I've never been there, but I heard that's mainly like uh, gay. Yeah. I can't say where it was. It looked nice. Not a nice old brownstone type home. Okay. Definitely could notice that it was a neighborhood that was in transition. With you being a Black travel advisor, because we talked about safety being part of the LGBTQ community, 
I would think for those of us who are specifically Black initially, that it would be more comfortable to ask you questions like, hey, Black person to Black person, is this a place I should go to? And I bring that up to ask, is that something that could be brought up to somebody who is not Black or an ethnic minority, at least in this country? As far as if it's safe to go somewhere? Not that I couldn't ask, but that I would receive the information I needed if I went to a non-Black person who was a travel advisor and say, here's the deal, I'm Black and I know you're giving me all these great pamphlets and brochures, but what can I look out or should I look out for when I travel to this destination? Seems like that's an advantage for you that you can advise in a way that would make those of us in the Black more comfortable. Yeah, for sure. I think it definitely is an advantage because... I don't know if this opens up a whole can of worms or not, but uh, I mean, I don't know too many Black LGBTQ travel advisors. Mm. Most that you find that, say, specialize in LGBTQ travel are white. There is, I think, that extra element that needs to be taken into consideration. But then again, maybe not for some people. Either way, for me, I think it is a slight advantage there's a lot of layers to this, Eric. I don't know how much time we have. <laughs> it's up to you. We're on your time frame. <laughs> okay. There's plenty of LGBTQ or queer travel advisors, but that look like me, I'm looking for them too. That does give me a bit of an advantage, but it kind of goes back to, I will focus on the Black community, thinking that, why do I need a travel advisor? Everything's online. I can do it myself. But I wish that, more Black folks would be like, oh, and this is all, not even specifically LGBTQ, to know that they are deserving of elevated vacations and experiences. Yes, you can go to cheap Caribbean, but I can guarantee you that I will put a vacation to the same destination 10 times better than what you did on cheap Caribbean. And then you're probably not even looking at the terms and conditions. You're probably going to sit through a timeshare or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's really about elevating your experience. Now, this ties into another piece of representation within the travel industry, which has been a huge problem as well, because typically you're not going to see us. Now, over the last few years, because there are organizations that have brought it to the forefront, are working to push with different you know, suppliers and different companies within the travel industry to change the demographics of what people see. But if you look at a typical ad, print, online, what do you see? White folks. Or if there's a Black person there with a white, and that's not negating that relationship, but it's still a different experience. Exactly. And then if you go even deeper, when you have people that promote LGBTQ experiences, eight times out of 10, you're not going to see two Black females. That is super hard to find. You might find a Black and white female together, you know, maybe an ad here and there. And if it's men, White men, blue eye in the Speedos. That's not representative of, you know, the entire LGBTQ community. So I think it kind of just plays hand in hand. There's a lot that needs improvement. We need to see ourselves more. Like I said, there's a lot of layers. I think it kind of ties into what you asked me. It does. It really does. And it made me think why your video footage of the cruise was appealing to me because I've been invited on cruises by people I know. They may even be Black, but it's never been really appealing to me because, like you said, the ads 
I don't want to sound like that person that says I have black friends, but I have white friends, but I don't want to be on a seven day cruise with a bunch of white men because that's exactly. got to be an experience for me that I know may be challenging because the reality is racism exists within this community too. And I don't want to spend my money to be floating around in the water dealing with that. It's not talked about enough. And I mean, as far as in a lot of the travel industry spaces and things like that, I mean, a guy I went to Stockholm with, he's the chief editor of uh, Out There magazine. I mean, I love what he's doing because he talks a lot about inclusivity and things like that. Even for the longest time, LGBTQ, you're using these letters, but what are you showing? Men only. Even from my perspective as a, as a female, even if you did have a Black guy in there, you know, it's not about negating people. I mean, I'm, I'm welcoming of everyone, but I think when we see ourselves and that we're able to enjoy these level of experiences, that's what we need to see because not everybody else is doing that. I don't think you're negating that. I've been asked more than once why I would have a podcast that focuses only on us and our professional lives. I said, because it seems to still surprise people when they say, oh, you have an episode where you're featuring a Black lesbian who's a travel advisor. They're not the focus, but they need to see it too on another level to know that they don't see it because that's still news to them. I'll say for me, from a personal experience, I need to see it so that I can do, like you said, I can say, oh, I saw this clip from you on your YouTube channel in Greece. If she went there and I can see that they had a really good time, then I can go there too. I just want our community as a whole to know that we can have these same types of experiences. We can have them. Mm -hmm. Now, it may look slightly different for us from time to time because of how the world is, right. but we shouldn't say, oh, well, we can't do that or like, well, only white folks do that or something like that. Right. I think you get what I'm trying to say. I do. And, and I <laughs> okay. applaud it. And I thank you. So I really do. Yeah. And you have a link on your site about a Pride Voyage 2023 LGBTQ+, which I think ties into that too. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So again, uh, since I had such a fantastic time on my first cruise, I am running it back February next year. I'm inviting everybody. It's open to everyone, allies, but it is being promoted, yes, as LGBTQ cruise. I'm actually co-hosting it uh, with another travel advisor. So we're really just trying to promote a new experience. I mean, this is not just Black only, okay, but you know, just want our community to come out and really just show up and have a good time because we're entitled to have a good time too. Yes, February 2023, we're hitting three countries and it should be pretty awesome. You should come, Eric. Thank you. Yes, because like I said, I've been on a cruise and I'll spread the word too. Yeah, thank you. Okay, cool. And to hear that you're co-sponsoring that, congratulations. Thank you, yeah. With you being in the travel industry before this whole reawakening of the realities of racism, have you seen a change in how maybe sponsors or companies are willing to work with you? To be honest, no. I still do a little work for a nonprofit. I lead their DEI committee. That came about only because of the whole George Floyd incident. Mm-hmm. You notice that's when a lot of brands and companies all of a sudden they wanted to be inclusive. And it's just a reaction to something. It's like, are you really being serious about this? Mm-hmm. Even when it comes to travel, I think some things came about. You can tell when it's 
kind of phony, you know, <laughs> right. at least for me. I don't know. No, <laughs> like, no. We live in these bodies and we, we get it. We know. Right. <laughs> and it's like, you're basically doing this for show. You're not committed. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the true accountability, the true commitment. <laughs> there have been some improvements, I will say. And I think the travel industry is probably one of the slowest to make any type of progress when it comes to diversity, inclusion, all of that. Do you think there's this assumption that we don't have the revenue to travel? I think that has played a part in it, but there have been studies done. I think the last report I saw, maybe 65 million or so. I could be totally wrong on that, so please don't hold me accountable, but uh, the spend is there. We are traveling, and even the numbers for LGBTQ travel are even higher. I mean, we're talking billions. Like, why aren't we doing more for these communities? Because the money is there. We want to travel. We want to go. Why is there not enough representation? It's a huge disconnect. Thank you, and I applaud you, and I say this sincerely. If I hear anybody in the background, oh, I'm planning. Oh, I know somebody you can contact. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. It'll be much appreciated. Yeah, yeah. Because as you said, it it is very much needed. It really is. So that we can know that with seeing somebody that looks like us, that this is possible. So yeah, I'll definitely be sharing that. I wanted to wind down with, I saw you lit up when you talked about you went to Germany. I've been there too. I love Berlin. I've only been there once, but I always can say I can live there. When you travel either for work or for leisure, do you ever go to destinations and have those same thought processes? Oh, yeah. I mean, I light up every time I get to travel, Eric. I mean, I don't know. It's like, I just think everyone should try to have these experiences, even if it's just domestic or, you know, local, you know, experiencing different things. I feel like just kind of opens your mind a bit. But yeah, Germany, when I first went there, I went to Frankfurt and Munich. I was just blown away. It was nothing I'd ever seen. I'm looking at castles and it looked straight out of a fairy tale movie. Even driving through the roads, I'm just looking at these mountains. It didn't look real. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Even Iceland. How did I end up in Iceland? I don't know. But it was <laughs> another great experience and I loved it. I'm definitely a beach girl, ocean girl, which is probably why I love Mexico so much. Because I can get there quickly and I can be on the beach in no time. But you got to have those other outside experiences. So that's kind of something else I want people to take away as well. That, you know, the Caribbean is not it for us Black folks. There's more to the world than the Caribbean. I mean, Cuba was super phenomenal for me. Just the experience down there. I like, I absolutely loved it. And these are things, though, that I can take back to the people that I'm working with. I'm like, okay, so if you want to go to Cuba, you have to definitely be an open kind of traveler because it's nothing like anything here. It's a totally new experience. If you are completely open-minded and you are definitely open to new experiences, you will love Cuba. There's just so much to this world. You know, I want to see as much of it as I can before I leave this earth. You know, and I just want other people to do the same. You know, I really do. And that's not to say I make us travel mishaps happen, but you just had to be prepared. But that's where I come in. I can help you do that. So. And it makes for great <laughs> stories. I mean, a lot of countries do speak English, but that's one of the joys is that they don't in some ways. And I always joke like, yeah, 
worst case scenario, you're wrong. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh, that bothers me so much, Eric. When people be like, they ain't speaking English. I'm like, you're in a whole nother country. What are you talking about? Not everywhere speaks English. Yeah. I went to Guadeloupe. There's French speaking island. Not one person spoke English and I was fine. I was completely fine. I got around that island. Okay, I went to some spot. It was some black people there. They was making some chicken. And we were sign language. <laughs> and they was like, okay, you know, but it was fun. You know, it was good. And that's yeah. the thing that adds to your experience as well. But plus there's like tons of apps anyway. I mean, come on, Google Translate or whatever. I mean, that's like on your phone now. That's all you need. You'll be fine. Right. Definitely a lot easier. I traveled once when I was really young and then I really got into it right before smartphones were a big thing. And oh, okay. it's so much easier now. <laughs> <laughs> Travel is also about what you make it as well. And like I said, that's yeah. where that open mind comes back into it. Mm -hmm. As long as you're open, you'll be all right. Nice. One last question for you. Do you prefer traveling solo or with one other person or a group? I like traveling with folks because I feel like I want to do some more solo travel. I'll say that there have been places that I've traveled to, but then it's most often I'm, I'm meeting up with other people. Mm -hmm. But I do want to have a true solo experience. I just haven't figured out where yet. I like traveling with people too, because it's like we're all sharing in this wonderful thing. Yeah. I enjoy that. How many stamps do you have in your passport? I don't even know. Like, I haven't counted. I mean, my last book got pretty full. I'll say this, like one passport, like I haven't like sealed it up. Like that hasn't happened to me. So I'm not on that level, but you know, one of these days. <laughs> yeah. Somebody who I know travels a lot, a black guy, we were talking about, it wasn't until I left the U.S. that I realized I was American because we're so race focused here. Has that been your experience or your awareness of your nationality as an American? I would say so. I haven't really had too many instances of feeling awkward. There is one that definitely comes to my mind, and that actually happened in Cuba, mm -hmm. where we went to, uh, I think, uh, what was it called? Antigua? There's an Antigua, Cuba, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I think it's maybe a place where a lot of Europeans go. It was just like a shopping area, but it was like this place where people getting drinks and you just sit down and somebody would come over and we sat down and nobody came over. We was like the only two people of color, if you will, that were in this area and they would not serve us. They didn't acknowledge us. They didn't come over. We got some looks, but nobody would come over. They were looking at us almost like, why are you sitting here? Like you were Cuban, maybe, and you just came. Right, exactly. Okay. But it was like, either way, we're not going to serve you. It was very awkward. That's the only thing that kind of really stands out to me. I just thought it was odd. And I really think that maybe they thought we were Cubans. And it just wasn't a place that Cubans, I mean, I don't want to say couldn't, but, you know, it was just like, why are you in this area kind of thing? I know some Spanish and I took some formal courses several years ago and there was a black guy there who went to Cuba. And I remember he said that if you speak Spanish, don't speak it there. If you're around them, speak English because they may automatically assume you're Cuban and treat you as such. Hearing you share that, yeah. 
That was tough. And you know what? It actually happened in another part in Cuba. This is when we were traveling back. We made a stop. I just wanted a soda. And I was at the counter. She didn't pay me no mind. I mean, people were coming up left and right. She was serving them, greeting them. I'm in plain sight, almost in front of her. And I'm just looking like, hey, hey. Mm. I had to leave the counter because she wasn't trying to help me. So I went to some other area and they helped me. I I just found it weird that those instances happened in Cuba. (laughs) Now, maybe I don't know enough about Cuban culture or whatever, but our skin color is kind of the same here. Like, what's the problem? I don't know. So these are people that looked similar to you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was like a cultural kind of thing or if it was a race thing or if it was an American thing. Right, right. I'll never know that. Well, it reinforces, I think, the importance of what you do and more of us traveling, not to fix that problem because that's not our problem, racism. Yeah. But more of us traveling, it's like saying we got the dollars to uh, serve me. And not in a derogatory way, but in a way like treat me like everyone else. Those were like isolated instances. I mean, Cuba was absolutely one of my favorite trips that I've ever been on. You know, if anyone can get a chance to go there, I would definitely highly recommend it. And the thing is, there's a lot of like Afro culture there. Maybe that's kind of why I found it a little awkward too. And love the benefits of the culture, but still not like the people, which we know here. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I just want to say many thanks, especially with you being a travel advisor and just opening my eyes up to me looking at travel differently, especially working with somebody like you who's Black and also part of the LGBT community, how that can add to my travel experience if I have someone like you who's helping me with that. So thank you. Thank you, Eric. This was awesome. Definitely appreciate the invite. Any final thoughts or comments? LGBT Cruise 2023. <laughs> so <laughs> we can talk about you. DM me. I'm on IG. I'm on Facebook. Soul Journey Travel, S-O-L, Journey underscore travel on Instagram and souljourneytravel.com. Facebook, Soul Journey Travel. All right, well, if you come up this way, Eric, you know, or I can meet you, hey, don't matter. Well, I'll definitely be back here. My family's not going to let me not come back here. So they've been here for years, so uh, I'll be back here. All right, cool. Thank you for spending time with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, comment, and subscribe. Share with your friends, too. You can also follow us on Instagram at Our Black Gay Diaspora and on Twitter at BLK Gay Diaspora. Until next time.